If you ache for truth, goodness, and beauty, if you're hungry for a Christianity with substance and strength, if you long for a faith that's big and bold and biblical and all about Jesus Christ, if you're inspired by the idea of one church that has spanned 20 centuries, 24 time zones, and two hemispheres, enfolding every race, nation, and language, then you're considering Catholicism. On the last episode that in this series that we're doing on the seven deadly sins, or the seven, uh, the seven uh, cardinal sins, and their accompanying virtues and all of that, I joked that I didn't have a problem with pride, which is obvious, obviously a joke. But this episode, we're talking about envy. And I am just going to go ahead and call foul on myself right here because this one hits home for me. And I'm just going to confess it right on the air that although we joke about it, I really am envious that you grew up in Huntington Beach <laughs> and that you surfed and you hung out at the beach. And, or wait, wait, is it jealousy? Is that jealousy? No, that would be envy. That would be envy. Introduce that distinction. In fact, what you do is you actually have peer envy. I have peer envy, right? P I E R. And and as an aside, because of the Huntington Pier, I will be in Huntington Beach a week from Saturday. Oh my god! As we record this, so I'm only going to get a couple hours. So you're going to go touch my pier, and I'm stuck here in the Great Lakes, right? Oh. Gonna, they, and by the way, they closed that restaurant out at the end of it. I know Ruby's. It's terrible. Anyway, I haven't been back to my hometown in a while. So I don't understand why you're not jealous of me going there, but you grew up there and it doesn't, it, 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 it holds no, uh, well, this is, I'm, yeah. this is a great way to set this up. We're going to talk about the difference between jealousy and envy. So for those listeners who are joining us, if you haven't listened to the last two episodes, what we're doing is working through seven episodes of the seven deadly sins, which we explained are the church actually calls the seven capital sins. And in the first episode, we did like an introduction. That was two episodes ago. We did sort of an introduction. What are, where did this list come from? What are the capital sins? How do we understand them? And then we start, we started working our way through them. And we also explained that as Thomas Aquinas explains them or Pope Gregory the Great and so forth, going back in the magisterium, that they have a sort of sequence to them. We've talked about like a, a fountain, like, you know, the chocolate fountain at a, at a banquet or something where the top thing flows into the next one, flows into the next one, that there's a sort of sequence that it begins with pride. Pride is the source from which then derives envy and so on and so right. forth down the list of seven. So envy is number two in this. So it's a big one. Right? It's really near the top. So pride leads to envy. So let's talk about envy and let's start by talking about what the difference between envy and jealousy are. Yeah. Okay. So classically, the way that this gets explained is that jealousy is a feeling that you have when a good that, that, that belonged to you, right. a good thing has been taken by another or another is enjoying a good that belonged to you. So, I mean, let's take the obvious example of that. Like, you know, you have your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your significant other or your spouse, right? Right. And they are off, you know, with another. Right. So you had that relationship and that relationship 
is now severed and you are in a sense are a sad or frustrated or maybe even angry or whatnot it is, but it's a feeling that something that was a good that you had has been taken away from you and another has it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stick with okay. me. This is super important. So, or you had a, a really nice guitar and, you know, yep. one of your guitars, somebody has it now right. Right. and it bothers you that it was your guitar and now they have it. Right. Okay. That's yep. jealousy. Envy is worse than that. I mean, jealousy isn't good, but it's understandable. Right. Envy is when somebody has something that you never had and it, makes you angry and frustrated and unhappy and you feel deep sadness because they have something that you never had. Right. So you see the difference? Sure. Jealousy, there was something that you had, now somebody else has it. Envy, and you that could be understood, that could be kind of understandable. Not for you know, but you can sort of see where that comes from. But what it sense is it to say it makes me frustrated or angry or sad that this person has something that I never had in the first place. So let's take this. I did, in fact, grow up, went to high school in Huntington Beach, California, Surf City, USA. Yep. I mean, our high school was a block from the beach and I lived, that was my life. Right. But you know what? It's just, I don't know. I didn't choose to be born yeah. there. I didn't right. earn being, or you know, growing up there. It's just where my family lived, right? Right. And that's just where I grew that's up. That's what it was. Is what it is. And so the thing is, is that, you know, I know that you love surfing and you love surf culture and you love going to Huntington Beach right. and, you know, and so I, I, I get that you can look at that and say, man, I wish that I had gone to high school in Huntington right. Beach. And that's understandable because that would be an aspiration. It would be something right. that you, you know, why be unhappy with me because I, my family happened to grow up there and yours didn't. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that would be an, sort of an injustice to the other person. Right. And even deeper than that, it, it's a frustration with God. Right. Right. So if you look at, let's take some other examples, right? You, we talked in the last episode about your skills as a musician. So when you look at another guitarist who has gifts greater than yours. Right. And you're angry that that per, that God gave that person gifts. Sure greater than he gave you. Now that that can manifest itself as being angry at that person or hating that person or feeling negative feelings yep. toward that person. But really what that is, again, is a rejection of God. Sure. And do you see how pride flows into envy? Yeah. Because once I reject, as we said in the last episode, once I reject my place as a creature, I reject my creator and what he made me as a creature, and I, that flows into envy because once I've, I feel pride, that rejection right. then flows into, well, God, you made all these bad decisions. Yeah. Uh, you made this guy taller than me. Right. You made, gave this one greater musical gifts. You made her smarter. You let him grow up in Huntington Beach. And I'm really angry with you, God. Right. And I think that your decisions are unjust and terrible. Mm-hmm. We'll get back to the conversation in just a few moments. But first, I'd like to ask for your support in producing and expanding this podcast. It's produced by a 501c3 nonprofit ministry called One Whirling Adventure. 
with a mission to excite and educate people about historic Catholic Christianity and to equip them to live, share, and defend it in the 21st century. Now, the production budget of this podcast isn't big, but it is real. We've set a goal of 40,000 worldwide downloads in 2023, with a crowdfunding goal of $35,000 to make that happen. Would you help us make that happen? If so, please go to consideringcatholicism.com. You can see our GuideStar charity rating there and donate online with a one-time or recurring gift. And if you have a business or organization interested in sponsoring our ministry, please shoot me an email, greg at consideringcatholicism.com. Thank you for listening and considering helping us to help others consider Catholicism. And now, back to the conversation. So when you feel that envy of another, that's a manifestation, but where it's really being directed is towards God. Sure. What sense is it for me to look at somebody else who has, for whatever reason, God has chosen to give them gifts or right. experiences or a life that he did not give me. Right. Now, what you'll hear is, well, it's not fair. It's unjust. But be careful because that's, that's, again, pride speaking and pride right. in the way that we defined it last time. That, that is, that's the voice of, of the serpent. That's the voice that the tempted old, Adam and Eve. The older I get, the, the less and less I want what I, what I think I deserve. In mm-hmm. fact, I know I don't want what I deserve. Right. Well, yeah, exactly, right? I mean, you know, I used to always define grace as being, uh, as getting what you need, not what you deserve, because you don't want what you deserve. But I'm talking about something even a little deeper than that, maybe, which is to call God unjust. Yeah. To say, God, when you laid out the universe the way you did, and you decided to make him tall and her smart and let him play the piano. Right. And let him grow up in Huntington Beach and right. whatever. And you distributed the world as you did it. I point my finger at you, God, and say, you are unjust and cruel right? in how you have chosen to make the universe, right? Sure. Yep. And it's calling God unwise, unjust. And do you see how this is spiritual poison? And it right. begins with pride because, again, as we said, pride is rejecting your place as a creature, right. which then flows into calling God unjust for how he made not only you but the other creatures yep. and to indict him for his plan. And it's a complete dead end. There is no— <laughs> well, That's the thing is you all day long you can, you know, shake your finger at God and say, why did you let somebody else— be taller than me? Why did you let somebody else be faster than me? Why did you let somebody else be smarter than me? Why did you let somebody else grow up in Huntington Beach and not me? Right. What's the point? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not only is it pointless, all it does is create a fracture in your relationship with God. Right. Right. It does. It brings no good thing to me to wish I had grown up in Huntington Beach. And it, and, and, all, and well, yeah, and it brings no good thing to you, and it brings great evil on you to point your finger at God right. and tell him that he is unjust and doesn't know what he's doing, and he's right. a real bad God, and he's a real crummy 
planner and manager and architect and organizer of the universe because when he decided right. to let some people grow up on the Hanging Beach, it wasn't you. Wow. All that does is is create. Remember, we said the seven dead, the seven capital sins, or the seven deadly sins, because that's spiritual death. That's separating you from God. That's creating a, a rupture. Remember when we talked about hell, the episode a while back, and we said that in hell, in a sense, people have chosen that because it is a rejection of God, right? And and hell is when we point our finger and tell God no, right? So I when I go out there to Huntington Beach in a, in a week or so, I am going to be glad for you that you got to grow up there. And I'm glad for you that you get to go. And then I'm going to be glad that I get to go and stand there and watch the guys surf and, and yeah. you know. And see, that's the thing is, so when, remember we, in this whole series, we've been talking about how uh, Aqu Thomas Aquinas counterposed these with the antidotes, not anecdotes, the right. antidotes, right? Yep. So if the sin is a poison, the virtue is an antidote. Right. And so, and we also used the analogy on the last episode that if it's a, like a toxin or a poison, you have the antidote, but also if you have a house and you have a room in your house that's full of all this clutter and junk and garbage right. that you try to clean it out and fill it with good things, yep. or you have weeds growing in your garden, you try to pull them out and plant good things. So Thomas Aquinas' idea is you take that negative thing, sure, the capital sin, and you fill that space with the positive virtue, the corresponding right. positive virtue. So what's interesting about this is the corresponding positive virtue that Aquinas gives for this is, remember what it is? Charity. Char uh, charity, yeah, or kindness. Kindness. Right? So let's think about this. So when you look at me and say, I got to grow up on Huntington Beach and you didn't, right? Right. Why wouldn't you be glad, like as you said, be happy for me? Right. Be glad for me. That or the fact that you get to go to Huntington Beach next week. Right. Um, I'm happy for you. I'm happy you get to go stand on the pier and you get to watch the guys surf. And I'm happy that you get to go, you know, experience right. all those things. It makes me glad. It genuinely does. Fills my heart with joy. Of course, while you're doing that next week, I'll be in Israel. So, you know. Right. So there we go again. <laughs> there we yeah, go. Yeah. Here we go again. But right, it makes. But you should be happy for me that I'm going to Israel, I am, and I'm, I am, and I'm happy for you that you're going to Huntington Beach. And and when I look at somebody who can run faster than me, or who can, right. you know, paint better than me, or do a thousand things better than me, or right. enjoy things, or somebody who who has wonderful children, like look at this, you know, you say, well, look at these person with their kids, and you right. know, blah blah. And I go, I'm happy for them that they have wonderful children. Right. I don't want to be envious in the sense of it makes me right. angry that they got something that I, although I have very wonderful children. I was just going to say, yeah, you have nothing you, to, yeah. I have nothing to feel about it. But you know, you know what I'm trying to say? I'm not going to feel angry at that person or a God because they have something that I don't and that I never had. Again, jealousy would be like, I have these kids and you stole my kids. <laughs> right, 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 right. No, I, you know, right. I'm jealous because my kids are hanging around you now. Right, you know, yep. right. Or you took my wife, or you took yep. my guitar, or you know, whatever. That's that's I'm I'm grieving the loss of something. That how can I grieve the loss of something I never had? So back to that kindness or charity. This goes back to uh, Thomas Aquinas kind of defined love or charity is as willing the good of the other. You, you, oh, you said a couple okay. episodes ago, uh, the difference between love and charity, how you like to talk about charity. And I said at that time, well, 
yeah, charity in a sense is love with a purpose or love directed. So charity, we normally think of that as, oh, well, you know, I give stuff to, you know, the goodwill or the mission, or I, you know, write a check or I, you know, give money to the poor. That's just a manifestation of it. Charity is really in in Catholicism. Charity is the understanding that I I will the good of the other, and I can do that in a relationship. So I mean, look at a marriage. I want the good. Of, I I want the best for my spouse. Right. And I will my spouse's good. Right. Which leads me to take actions. Sure. To bring about that good. To bring about that good. I genuine, genuinely want my wife right. all good things for her. Right. And because of that, then I am going to act and fill my life with actions to try to make that happen. Right. I genuinely want my friend Ed to have all good things. Right. And to the degree that I can take any actions to, to contribute to Ed's good, right. that, is my, that is an act of charity. Those are feelings of charity and kindness. And then flow that from that actions. Right. Now back to Thomas Aquinas who says like, okay, you've got this junk in your life, which is envy. When I look at Ed has things that I don't have. Ed has things I never had. I'm angry that God gave Ed stuff that I never got. God never let me learn to play the guitar or piano. Right. Every time I ever tried to do it, I, you know, I have fumble fingers and I have no musical ear. And I've, I took guitar lessons and piano lessons and was a miserable failure. And you know, I learned right. to play smoke on the water and then I quit. Right. Right. And, you know, whatever it was, you know, well, I think a couple things that you te- like, cause you teach guitar lessons. It was like, we learned to play proud Mary or something like that. Cause right. there's only one chord. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, when I was teaching guitar, it was smoke on the water and, uh, it was Iron Man. Oh yeah. Everyone wanted to play Iron Man. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's like, like one chord or something. And, right. you know, but I just have no ability. I, I just don't. I've, I've, a couple of times I've thought, you know, I'm going to learn to play an instrument. I don't, I, God gave me zero. My brother is a, like you as a professional musician and my whole life I've, I'm mesmerized by people like you and my brother. I'm mesmerized when I watch your fingers <laughs> on an instrument right. because I cannot do that. I fumble my phone. I, I, uh, can I say butt dial people? Right. I, right. That's right, like right, pocket right. dial. Right? right. But I fumble and accidentally dial the wrong people on my phone all the time because I have big fat Fred Flintstone fingers right. and I, they're not nimble or quick. And, right. and I, and I just fumble and I push the wrong button and I call the wrong people. And every time I, and I have no, I have no musical rhythm or tone. You've right. made fun of me. I can't sing along with something. <laughs> if I go somewhere and, you know, I don't, I only dance at wedding receptions anymore. And my daughter a few months ago yeah. got married and I danced at the reception. And I said, this is the last time I will dance in my life because it's my last child to get married. There's right. no more wedding receptions and nobody ever wants to see Greg dance ever again. You said I, if, that, that it would be worth it. My, uh, my wife was sick that day and I couldn't, she couldn't come to the wedding. And, and you said it will be worth you. You got to come anyway. You said it would be worth it just to watch me do the lawn sprinkler. That's right. Which yeah. I thought was <laughs> yes. wonderfully. I had, I had my two or three moves, right. right? And I did my two or three dance moves, but I can't dance. I have no, my, I have no natural rhythm. You know what's funny? I can't dance either. And, and, I suck at it. And I, and I have, and I don't hear tones like in music. Right. I can't hear tones. Right. And then it's horrible. Like if I'm singing along with something on, on the radio or in the car, it's just an awful right. thing, you know, cause I can't carry a tune. I can't hear a tune. So I have zero musical ability. I could shout and yell at God. I can be right. mad at you, but I'm glad that you do. 
And so the thing is, is that for me to have fill my life with kindness and charity is to say, how can I help the people around me in all ways to develop what God has given them? Right. And not uh, feel those feelings that God is unjust or unfair for what he's given me. Yeah. This is, this strikes me as being a Catholic thing, a very Catholic thing. Okay. In, in the Protestant world, we just, you've talked, you, you quoted Chesterton saying that the Catholic church has been thinking about thinking. We, we didn't, we went nowhere near this in any of the Protestant churches I belonged to. And I was, uh, just to recount here, I mean, it's been a year since I said this, I was in the Baptist church and then the charismatic movement and then in the church growth evangelical world movement. And then I was uh, in the, in this little storefront church. You know what I mean? I've been around and I've heard plenty of sermons. Um, and and I, I just never heard any of this in depth. Not, moreover, I never got I never got pointed in di- in the direction of these things either. It wasn't like uh, uh, a person in a mentor role in my life or a pastor or somebody, a spiritual leader, were never saying, you know, you need to read this book about pride or envy or you need to think about these things. And I, I don't have time to go into it now, but I will, but I think you should look into it. I, my friends and I, even though we talked long and hard about theology, it never went, it never went this direction. Well, and I think this goes back to things that we've been talking about over the last year on the podcast. So there's this misunderstanding, you know, that Protestants, especially evangelicals have about Catholicism, that all of these things are legalistic schemes to earn our way to heaven rather than accepting grace. So what one would say is, well, Catholics going on about envy, they have a merit-demerit system, right? Right. So if you do envy, they have this complex system where if you do this and this and this, you're checking boxes of what you did wrong, and then you have to check the corresponding box and go out and do acts of charity or kindness to overcome and counterbalance. And if you do enough kind and charitable things, you'll overcome the uh, bad thing and right. envious thing you did, and then you're earning your way to heaven. Now, I hope over the last year you've come to realize that is a complete fabrication and distortion of Catholicism. Right. I have. And in fact, in fact, my, my, the, the subtext of this, when my friends are telling me uh, this, by the way, it's hard to be a Catholic in a Protestant world, and I'm not even uh, uh, a Catholic. Actually, but anyway, they'll, they'll, the, the subtext here is that they're, that they're free. Right. Okay. That they're free. They don't have to worry about any of that. Yes. But I'll give you an example. I started asking God, praying every day that God would increase my faith and my hope and my charity. And God gave me a chance to be charitable in a very specific way. I won't say what it was or anything, uh, with a person and, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, and I would have avoided this situation, but because I was praying for charity, I saw this opportunity and I thought, well, you're going to do it or you're not going to do it, right? So I did, and it turned out to be very good for this person, and it was good for me. I feel like I got way more out of this. I I went away feeling like 
uplifted by all this. Mm-hmm. Now, the question is, who's freer, right? I was right. freed up to act charitably right. by, by God and his grace, uh, and it improved my life. That's, that's a far better and more positive thing than just this vague notion that I'm free because I don't have to think about sin. Right. Well, I mean, you know, in a different con, slightly different context, it, it reminds me of a, a way that, you know, the church fathers and others have written historically about the Ten Commandments. So it, people can look at the Ten Commandments and say they're restrictions. Yeah. Right. It restricts my freedom. I can't do this and I can't do this and I can't do this. So, you know, Christianity is full of a bunch of do nots and do nots. Right. You go, but if you think about it, that those aren't restrictions that limit your freedom. They're things that give you your freedom. So if I were to tell you, hey, Ed, uh, there's a um, tiger in the yard. Right. I don't know why you have a tiger in your yard. Right. But if I were to say, Ed, man, dude, there's a tiger in the backyard. Right. Whatever you do, don't open the kitchen yard. Yeah, the kitchen whatever door. you do, yeah, whatever you do, don't open the kitchen door and go out in the backyard because there's a tiger out there. Right? right. Now you could say, man, you're really, really kind of messing with my life here because you're restricting my freedom. What if I want to go out in the backyard? Right. Ed, trust me, you don't want to go out in the backyard. There's a tiger out there, man. It's going to eat you. And you're like, don't, who are you to tell me that I can't go into the backyard? Right. And like, uh, I want to be free. So Ed, in pursuit of his freedom, opens the kitchen door, walks outside, and gets eaten by the tiger, mauled by the tiger. And right? is no longer free. Right. And now Ed can't go to the movies with me tonight. Right. I'm going to the movies, but Ed's not with me. Right. I'm free to go to the movies. He's not because, well, oh yeah, he got eaten by the tiger. So you see that warning us right. or telling us where, you know, if you're driving a twisty mountain road and you've got these guardrails and these signs like don't drive off the cliff, telling us where the, you know, the cliff is. Right. And having warning signs and guardrails so you don't fall into the chasm is not a limitation of freedom. It's not freedom to fall into the chasm or get eaten right. by the tiger. It's an end of your freedom. Right. And so, you know, that's a way to think about sin. And so when we think about these capital sins telling you avoid pride, avoid envy is not a limitation, nor is the legalism. And telling you, you know, Ed, if you really want to feel free and be free to explore and discover who God made you to be and find the fullness of all that God has for you then lean into humility and kindness and charity because those are the things that will allow you to cultivate all the God, gifts right. that God gave you and explore all the good that uh, in this creation and amongst the people that God has you know, laid out for you. Going to the pride and envious place doesn't make you free. It, it, right. it, 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 it's, well, they call the deadly sins because it leads to right. spiritual death. And so the other thing too, and again, just to dispense with this notion that we don't have, you don't, you don't earn your way, like the system of merits and demerits and box checking. So I can't go out and do 10 kind or charitable things to overcome the one envious thing I did and then go to God and say, hey, look, you know, here's, right. right? That's a distortion of what Catholicism teaches. In fact, it's, it's, it's such a distortion. What Catholicism has always said, and we've said this in the podcast, is that we are saved by the grace 
of Jesus Christ who died on the cross where I get to God and go, well, you know, I know I did uh, three envious things, but I did right. 10 kind things. So on balance, am I in? That's not how we're saved. We're saved right. by the grace that flows from, from Christ's death and resurrection. However, having been saved by Christ or having received that grace and resurrection, right. how do I then grow in friendship with God? Right. How do I then pursue sanctification in my life? Right. How do I become a disciple? What does it mean for me to walk in Jesus's way? What does it mean for me to do what Jesus would do? Right? Right. What does it mean for me to follow that path that he laid out for us and right. be more like him? Well, that means avoiding those capital sins. Sure which Jesus avoided. Right. And it means leaning into and doing more of the kinds of things that he did, which are these virtues. There really is only one kind of freedom, and that is the freedom to follow God. That's the right. only freedom that makes any sense. Yeah. So you said something about how Catholicism leans into this. And in, in the introduction to this series, we talked about how these lists go all the way back to Tertullian in the two, in year 200, right. Pope Gregory the Great in year 600, Thomas Aquinas. So these are thousands of years old, and the, the church for thousands of years has been a teacher and a coach and a mentor to us, right? teaching us how to grow in grace and friendship with God, how to grow in discipleship. And that's the spirit that these lists have to be taken in, right. is they are yes. there for, to cultivate right. the spiritual life within us, and they're guidebooks or coaching guides or whatever, just like you, if you wanted to, you know, get physically healthier, healthier, you would get information and books and right. whatever resources about diet, you know, nutrition yeah. and exercise. Right. And you would learn, Hey, you know, don't lay on the couch and eat pizza, go out and right. take, walk the dog, avoid these foods, do these things. And these are how you become healthy. Right. Right. In the same way you say, this is a guide to spiritual healthiness. And these are the things that you want to avoid, foods you want to avoid. Right. These are spiritual sins you wish to avoid. And these are the things that you do want to do. And if you do that, you will become spiritually healthy and mature yeah. and more and more resemble Jesus Christ. Excellent. Which is what I want. Yeah. Well, thanks, Ed. Yep. So uh, next time, we'll keep working our way down the list of the seven capital sins and the corresponding virtues. Thanks, Ed. Yep. Oh, by the way, have fun in Huntington Beach. Thank you. I'll report back. I, I'm really looking forward to you having a wonderful time in my hometown. I'm and, sure I will. Yeah. And uh, just remember, I got to grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for listening. My name is Greg Smith. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, would you please hit the like and subscribe buttons wherever you get your podcasts? And please share it with others. And if you're curious about the Catholic worldview and faith, the Church and its saints, or Catholic history, culture, and art, then visit consideringcatholicism.com. And email me to let me know what you think. Greg at consideringcatholicism.com. <laughs>